What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show, Friday, August 28th, and we have college football tomorrow. Austin P takes on Central Arkansas tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN, the first college athletics event since March, and the first football game since January. I'm excited. You're excited. Everybody's excited for college football season. But you know what Friday means? That means it's Friday podcast day. We got two podcasts today. First one you're going to be listening to today is with Mr. Brent Beard, who is a college football analyst, Heisman voter, one of the best guys in the business, and I'm really excited about this interview. He joined the show, and we talked about the SEC, the ACC, Memphis, Central Arkansas, and Austin P, the Big Ten, and so much more college football information for all of you fans listening at home. He is one of the best of the best. He's always on Sports 56 once a week. He's going to be on the podcast. He's going to be a regular on the podcast. This guy is the best, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear the interview with Brent Beard. But before we get into that, a very special shout-out to our sponsors at S.Y. Wilson in Arlington, Tennessee. You can find them on that Arlington Depot Square. They've got you covered. Memphis kicks off next week against Arkansas State. And if you're one of the lucky few that get to be in the stadium, go to S.Y. Wilson. Buy your collegiate college, Memphis, Arkansas, whatever gear there at S.Y. Wilson. They've also got kayaks. They've got fish and tackle. They've got Yeti coolers. Man, they have got it all there at S.Y. Wilson in Arlington, Tennessee on the historic Arlington, Tennessee, Depot Square. As usual, I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page, The Mitch Davis Show. Follow me on Instagram at The Mitch Davis Show. And also, now on TikTok at The Mitch Davis Show 12. Also got a YouTube page that we're about to be utilizing. Simply type in The Mitch Davis Show. And also, as usual, you can find the podcast be sure you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you want to listen to your podcast needs by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. Leave a good review. Leave me a five-star rating and head on over to Apple Music, Google Play, everywhere else you could possibly think of and type in The Mitch Davis Show. Without further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Brent Beard to the podcast. I am joined now by a guy that needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway, Mr. Brent Beard. How are you doing today? Mitch, I'm doing well. It's uh, nice to be on with you, and uh, obviously we are heading into some football. We can talk that on the field, and uh, that, that's a celebration right now for all, all football fans. Quick little introduction about you. You are one of the best sports writers and college football analysts in the country. Uh, you come on Sports 56 weekly. Uh, you are also part of the Mock 2018 College Football Playoff Selection uh, Committee held in Grapevine, Texas. You're a Heisman Trophy voter. Uh, you do segments on radio shows across the country, including Sports 56 with Dave Velocian and Brett Norsworthy. You also do a show every day um, with Terry Norvell and from 6 to 8 p.m., and you're also one of the best college football analysts on for First Coast First. Coast News, and you live down in Fleming Island, Florida, right outside of Jacksonville. So, a uh, quick little introduction about you. Welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, 
we are uh, about an hour and 15 minutes from Gainesville, and we're two and a half hours away from uh, Tallahassee. So uh, Jacksonville's a really a wonderful sports town as far as college football is concerned. Uh, because we just got, I mean, obviously, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, Miami, uh, or some of the main schools here, but we have a huge contingency of uh, Alabama fans, uh, LSU fans, um, Big Ten fans, who obviously are disappointed right now. Uh, but it, it's kind of a melting pot, Mitch, in a lot of ways for people in um, the, uh, the the state of Florida uh, who love college football, and that has been our reputation here for years. Let's talk a little bit about Florida and Florida State a little bit. Uh, this season's going to be weird. They're not going to play each other. But Florida State has a brand-new head coach who a lot of people in the Memphis area are familiar with, and Mike Norvell. And then Dan Mullen's got a very good team down in Florida. Uh, talk about your expectations for both the Gators and the Seminoles. Well, uh, I think Florida is, is certainly going to be challenging uh, Georgia for the Eastern Division title. Um, now, a lot of people are predicting Florida to win the East and play Alabama and Atlanta. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, Mitch, uh, as much as I like Florida, I've still got to see them beat Georgia before I believe that. Uh, and I think Georgia still probably has the better roster. But Dan Mullen has done a tremendous job so far with the Gators uh, in the excitement here. Is probably a like we've seen in quite some time. Uh, Gator fans are expecting <laughs> a year where uh, they're going to beat uh, Georgia and end up in Atlanta. Uh, and, they, and I think there's some real reason for that. Kyle Trask at quarterback is frankly a great story. He is the kind of, of a player uh, where he can end up believe it or not, in New York uh, for the highest man, I've got to vote and uh, certainly have done him on my radar for that. Uh, but uh, this is a team, I think, with, uh, with Trask, they've they got Emory Jones as his backup. Uh, they've got also a kid named Richardson. They're going to try to play him some this year, too. Todd Grant returns as uh, your D coordinator. And uh, they were glad to keep him away from the NFL for another year. So, uh, as far as Tim's concerned right now, um, some of the guys standing out, Kyle Pitts, uh, frankly, Mitch is more of a wide receiver than he is a tight end, but he has the total package. And defensively, Brenton Cox, the Georgia transfer, and TJ Slate, and there were a couple of guys that we heard this week who have had some. Uh, outstanding um, fall camp so far, so far, and obviously they're ending fall camp again. Oh, the 20 hour rule um, is coming into vote right now, too. Uh, but this Florida State team uh, with, with Mike Norvell, and you said it well, uh, well listen, I don't have Norvell. I, I, I just be honest with you, I think Norvell is uh, going to do a really good job. What's interesting here was there was some thought that 
Ford State was going to hire uh, Mark Stoops uh, from um, uh, Kentucky. Uh, that didn't happen, but they did get Norvell. Um, so I think he's going to do really good things with the offense. James Blackman comes back at quarterback. And they got a guy, Jumbo Purdy, P-U-R-D-Y, who is injured, but when he comes back, is expected to challenge Blackman at quarterback. And at running back, Joshua Corbin, if that name sounds familiar, he comes from A&M, Texas A&M. He's a transfer, and behind him uh, is a kid named Lawrence Tuafili, uh, running back, who makes a, a big play every practice. And defensively, they got one of the better defensive lines anywhere. Josh Kendo and Marvin Wilson. Now, that, now all this doesn't mean that FSU is going to be Clemson, Mitch. But uh, the reality is, um, I think they will be much better coached and in much better shape uh, the the next little bit uh, than they ever were under Willie Taggart. So uh, I think there's a there's a decent amount of excitement right now with Mac Norvell and in in uh, what he's bringing to the table, and I, I think that's very justified. Staying on the topic, you mentioned Clemson, and then we're going to jump over to the SEC. What do you expect out of Clemson this year? I know a lot of people are high on Dabo Sweeney and there's this Tigers team. Is this going to be another year where Clemson returns back to the playoffs and has that legitimate shot at the national championship with Trevor Lawrence leading the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have any doubt about that. I mean, they are still the class of the ACC uh, in, in a lot of ways. I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I've covered the ACC for years and really hope that somebody is able to rise up uh, in the ACC, maybe a North Carolina uh, with Sam Howell, who was at Florida State, and now North Carolina and Mac Brown, but with, with Trevor Lawrence coming back, um, Travis Etienne, I mean, um, look, they're going to, I, I have no doubt at all uh, that they will be, uh, um, as as good as advertised. I mean, right now everyone basically has got them uh, in in the uh, going to the playoffs, uh, and I'm in that group too because I I think they will, and I, I frankly don't think they'll miss much of a beat uh, even from last year. You know, staying on the ACC before we get over to the SEC, are there any sleepers? You mentioned North Carolina. Are there any other sleepers that you could possibly see making some noise out of the? ACC this year? Some folks are looking at Virginia Tech as making a comeback. Uh, I, I still think Justin Fuentes, again from Memphis, <laughs> uh, is a better coach, frankly, than some have given him credit for. Um, I think he's had to rebuild that roster. Um, so I think they were a possibility. Uh, I think Satterfield at Louisville is going to be tremendous. Uh, frankly, they, they could be, uh, um, by next year, Mitch, I, I think they could be just about as good as anyone. And, and obviously, we mentioned Miami. This is a crucial year for them uh, for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, Manny Diaz really needs to have a much better year this year. Derek King, who comes over from Houston, uh, we think maybe the best quarterback that Miami has had, frankly, in maybe a year. Uh, and Rhett Lashley, who 
Auburn fans will recognize is their new offensive coordinator. They had 93 penalties last year, which is entirely too many. So for a practice, that has not been a real issue for them uh, now. Uh, so uh, it, it'll be critical for what they do. But I think that with, with a competent quarterback and if Lashley's offense comes together, they may make a little bit of noise, too. But look, they just need to show some improvement, get into a bowl game, and prove that uh, Manny Diaz is headed in the right direction. Jumping over to the SEC a little bit, obviously everybody knows about Alabama and Auburn. Uh, what are your thoughts on LSU this year? Can, is this a year that Coach O can repeat, or is this going to be a rebuilding year for the Tigers? It's going to be a rebuilding year. Uh, I, I like them a lot, but the reality of it is they're having, and this, and this came out last week, Mitch, they're replacing 31 players from their roster last year. Now, this includes kids who graduated, kids who've gone to the NFL. They've had some who've opted out. So, um, that, that's just really difficult to deal with. I mean, obviously, Miles, but Brandon coming back, he hasn't played a lot, but I think he's a capable quarterback. Jamar Chase, Terrence Marshall. Uh, I mean, I think they'll be fine uh, offensively. Uh, I'm, I'm quite curious about how good they are going to be. Uh, defensively now, Derek Stingley is in the class by himself. Uh, as far as being just an unbelievable player, uh, Kerry Vincent's opted out, which is uh, unfortunate for them. Uh, but uh, but again, uh, it, it's really tough to, to, to see who could be second behind Alabama. I mean, is that going to be A&M and Kellen Mond and Jimbo? Uh, or will it be LSU continuing again? And again, it's not like LSU stopped recruiting uh, because they haven't. They've got tremendous talent um, behind a lot of the guys who went to the NFL last year. And then you've got an Auburn team that I still think is going to have to rebuild its offensive line and, and its secondary. So that that uh, whoever comes in seconds, frankly, will be up in the air. So at this point, LSU's got as good a shot of that as anybody. When you mentioned Texas A&M, this is the team that everybody's been kind of waiting on to do something. You know, whether that's compete at the higher level in the SEC like Missouri has, or you know, maybe even make it to a New Year's Six bowl game. Uh, how long until Jimbo Fisher gets to that level, or will this be the year? Maybe uh, I'm still not quite convinced of that, but my understanding is in talking to some of the A&M beat writers that the his clock didn't really start to this year and what we mean by that is A&M people knew that it was going to take him a couple of years to uh, uh, restock his roster too and then after that uh, then they're talking about really starting this year uh, as far as being uh, begin to be where they really need to be and where they want to be uh, at this point. Obviously, the schedule, they don't have Clemson on the schedule, which is a big help, to say the least. But, I mean, offensively, we mentioned Mon. 
and, and if he's going to do it, it's going to have to be obviously this year. Um, and I mean, yeah, I think he's capable, um, especially if he, um, I think he's as lethal as a runner as he is a passer. Spiller running back, Osborne at wide receiver. Um, I'm very impressed with what they've got there. My concern more comes down with them, which is going to be uh, – um, uh, defensively, uh, I love uh, Elko. Uh, I think Mike Elko is, is, is really good. Um, so uh, that that's going to be the key for them um, early on, and uh, obviously a key for their season. They've got Bama in that second game. As a matter of fact, their their early schedule is really tough. If they can spread that early schedule at least, uh, that that's something they're going to have to have uh, in order to be in position uh, to be where they want to be. Remember, the schedule when it first came out, they had the A&M playing Alabama right before they played Auburn. Now they got, they've got Alabama in October instead of in late November. So it would be interesting to see uh, how that affects the situation. Jumping over to the Magnolia State before we get into your sleeper picks of the SEC, talk a little bit about Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and, of course, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. And What do you expect out of the Magnolia State going forward? Well, I think there'll be a lot of excitement. Um, I think we're all uh, really looking forward to seeing what uh, both of those teams are going to be able to do. Um, now, I, there's some real hope. They'll be able to go to a bowl game, uh, each of them, if, if they can do that or at least get close. Look, I think we may be in a year, Mitch, with the as few teams as we get. Uh, if you can get to five and seven, then you can probably go to a bowl game, and I think that would help uh, both of these teams at this point. I think what Ole Miss is trying to do particularly is they've got to rebuild uh, their defense. It's going to be a bit of a different scheme if people have been wondering where DJ Durkin has gone. Uh, he's at Ole Miss, uh, along with Chris Pantridge as the coordinators. Micaiah Henry has mentioned uh, that uh, the defense is coming together, but that's been the defense uh, the issue to me for Ole Miss, Mitch, is uh, where they're going uh, as far as can they can they really stop anybody has been a real problem uh, for them. And, and I think obviously what is very intriguing is where are they going offensively? Are they going with? Um, John Rice Plumley or Matt Corral. Matt Corral obviously was committed to Florida before he went to Ole Miss, and, and Matt Corral thinks pretty good quarterback, but Plumley gives you that dual threat. Elliott running back, I think, is very good. And Elijah Moore, uh, even after all the trouble he got in in the Egg Bowl uh, uh, with his antics in the end zone, he still is very good. Uh, so uh, I, I think Ole Miss could be promising, but, but I think maybe even more promising. Promising Mitch to me is Mississippi State uh, having having the Pirate and Mike Lee there. KJ Costello uh, obviously uh, was injured last time he was at Stanford. He comes over. Uh, look, I'm I'm convinced he, Mitch he could uh, Leach could take you and I, and we can end up throwing for four thousand yards in a season. Uh, going to Minshew, who's now here at Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Remember, he was going to Alabama. It was going to carry a clipboard on the on the uh, 
sign lines, basically, and just learn to be a coach. Instead, he goes to Washington State, ends up being basically the, the offensive MVP of the, of the conference. So what Leach can do with the quarterbacks, again, to me is amazing. Um, Kylan Hill at running back is one of the better running backs in the league. Don't be surprised. I'm just going to kind of throw this out there. With what Hill has done uh, in terms of race relations, what a cool story it would be, Mitch, if he has a really good year and he ends up being one of the Heisman candidates. I I, I, I frankly could see that uh, possibly happening. Again, I think for State, uh, the issue for them is going to be more uh, where are they going defensively uh, also and who can they stop uh, at this point with Zach Cornett as their D coordinator. So uh, I think there will be a lot of excitement coming from the state of Mississippi. That's why I, I hated we didn't have SEC media days. <laughs> that, that would have been a lot of fun, would it not, Mitch, to see oh, both those guys uh, with the media. Uh, that, that would have been terrific. It would have almost been to the level of the Steve Spurrier days when Steve Spurrier would go back and forth with a lot of these coaches. Um, and by the way, I will say this about Mississippi State with you. I think you became the mayor of Starkville with your prediction about Kylan Hill. Uh, that man is a is a legend already in Starkville with the Bulldog faithful. And I think the expectations for him this year are pretty high. Well, and listen, the thing about Hill is he was a really good running back. Uh, I don't know how many people realize that, uh, but Hill is, um, I mean, my goodness, he had um, uh, easily uh, much more than 1,000 yards. He's very capable of that. Uh, I think he's a better blocker than people give him credit for. Uh, I mean, when you get over over 1,000, almost 1,500 yards in this league, that says a lot about what you're able to do. So I think, frankly, if that if his if his blocking continues to improve, uh, and also uh, if his uh, receiving, uh, if they can hit him a little bit coming out of the backfield, that's only going to make him better. Let's talk a little bit about your sleepers of the SEC. I know a lot of people are starting to talk about Kentucky, who opens up with Auburn. And they're also starting to talk about the Volunteers and Coach Pruitt and what he's got going on in Knoxville. Are those two kind of your sleepers? Uh, Kentucky would be. Um, I still think we're, we are a year away or so with Tennessee. Look, I get the excitement. I really do. But people are going to have to give... Jeremy Pruitt some time um, to be able to uh, to get his players in, uh, and he just he simply has not rebuilt uh, their roster yet. Uh, that's coming. Uh, he is he's a no nonsense guy. Uh, he will he will lay it on the line um, uh, and and be very honest about it. The question is going to be who's the quarterback going to be? Is going to be Garantano Mar. Uh, we saw both of them against the Gators here last year in September. Harrison Bailey is back. He's a freshman who everybody loves. Uh, so but they're excited about him. Where they're really making headway is on the offensive and defensive line. Uh, look, I, I'm with Brandon Kennedy coming in, Trey Smith. 
Thank God he's healthy. Uh, it'd be great if they could get Cade Mays eligible. I'm not sure that's going to happen uh, at this point. But um, uh, on the line of scrimmage, I think they're getting infinitely better um, right now. Henry Toto uh, is one of the better linebackers anywhere I know Alabama, uh, even with a bluff, have had him. Um, so Tennessee's coming. Ball fans need to be patient, uh, Mitch. Uh, but I don't have any doubt that Tennessee's going to be uh, um, a, a team to reckon with over the next few years. I know they do have Alabama. In Knoxville this year, now that will be, um, and I don't, won't be surprised at all if, if Tennessee makes some um, upsets uh, and can certainly see that happening. Man, you've got that Tennessee-Florida game at the, toward the end of the year instead of the beginning of the year, uh, which makes that uh, even more interesting at this point, too. But, look, I, it, it's hard for me um, to uh, uh, to hide how much I like Kentucky uh, in in the job uh, that they have done, Eddie Grand, Darren Henshaw, I think have been really good. Um, and uh, I mean, we signed last year uh, with Lynn Bowden, that basically the the wide receiver has been incredible. Terry Wilson comes back this year. Um, Smoke and Rose at running back, I think, are going to be very good. The thing that we hear about Kentucky right now, Mitch, uh, that is exciting, their beat writers will tell you, and this is not hyperbole, uh, but that they are, that this may be the deepest team that Kentucky has had ever. So I know that's a mouthful, but at the same time, with what Stoops has done there, reminds me a little bit of Rich Bitch when he was there and getting them to multiple bowl games. Um, but, but Stoops has just been incredible in the, in the, in the way he's done it. Yes, he's done it through recruiting, not against the big boys in the SEC necessarily, but what he's done, Mitch, he's gone to the northern states uh, uh, like Ohio and brought in a lot of talent uh, through them. So, uh, look, do not, do not, do not sleep on Kentucky. What would be really ironic uh, would be Joey Gatewood, who's coming, Joey Gatewood's from, J- uh, from Jacksonville, by the way. He was clear back at Auburn, didn't do much there. He's transferred to Kentucky, trying to get eligible. For whatever reason, the NCAA has delayed that situation. Uh, but how ironic would that be if he ended up playing in Starburn at, at the beginning of the year? And, and look, I, I, Mitch, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Kentucky was even beat Auburn uh, as the season began. So, uh, no, no question. I, I, Kentucky has uh, become uh, a very consistent team right now. I, I would say they're the third best team in the conference Next to Florida and Georgia. Wow, I've got uh, I've got three more questions for you. I'm going to jump over to the Big Ten real quick. You took me. You mentioned the state of Ohio. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Big Ten? I know they postponed their season, and then Adam Rittenberg came out today and said they might play start play around Thanksgiving. What is the future of the Big Ten, and can they survive if the SEC, the American, ACC, and others uh, play this fall? Well, they'll survive because of who they are. 
but they made a gargantuan mistake. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. They made one of the worst mistakes that's ever been made in college football history by deciding not to play. And I've seen the stories today like you have. And I think this is more wishful thinking than it is anything else. I know there are going to be some protests this weekend uh, on campuses in order to play, and there are um, uh, going to be, uh, you know, there, I, I think there's eight Nebraska players who have either filed or threatened a lawsuit at this point, but uh, regardless of what's been written today, I want to see the Big Ten play. I want to see all of them play. And frankly, in my opinion, the Big Ten has got time to even play this year. Um, but um, it the problem there is you've got a uh, arrogant, uh, inept uh, commissioner in Kevin Warren, who, by the way, his son plays at Mississippi State, a tight end. And you've got um, arrogant presidents uh, it, it, they, in my opinion, they made up their mind uh, around April or May that they were not going to play. Uh, period. So, in the, they, the, I know COVID's part of this. The other part of what's going on here is the fear of liability. And the other thing that really terrifies presidents, not only in the Big Ten, but in, in these other conferences, and I'm going to put it like this, is a, is a labor union or a quasi-labor union being formed by players. And, and, and believe me, that frightens these presidents uh, very much. Now, the uh, what was unreasonable was asking the conference to... Uh, split half the revenue with him. I mean, that's ridiculous and never going to happen. Uh, but the, uh, again, what in, in the, it's going to hurt the Big Ten as far as the money they're going to be losing. Uh, obviously, it's going to be used against them in recruiting. Um, and uh, to me, the animosity right now in the, in the lack of trust between your coaches and ADs uh, with your commissioner and with your presidents are going to take a long time to be able to rebuild that. The, 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 what the Big Ten really needed this year was Jim Delaney. The, the, regardless of what people think about Delaney, Delaney is a real leader. And I think he could have sat down with those presidents and ADs and brought them together. And again, there have been reports about the ADs were not even brought into the equation, which is, if that's true, that, I mean, that's just ludicrous. So, um, and, and frankly, I don't think the spring league's going to be able to work much either. Um, I think a lot of that is trying to save face at this point. So, uh, Mitch, again, I, I, I just think in the in 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 the past, and in the, in, in, I've been covering college football since the early '90s. To me, it's it's the worst move that uh, any conference, and we have two of them, with Pac-12 included, uh, that they have ever made. You know, now to some positive news because we've got college football this weekend and next weekend. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about Memphis, and then we're going to close with Central Arkansas and Austin P. Talk about what you see out of the Tigers and what you expect out of uh, Coach Ryan Silverfield's team this year. And, and do a lot of what they've been doing. I, I, I don't think they'll change uh, offensively that much. I mean, I know that they are they are ranked high um, in most of the magazines. Um, I mean, I like Kevin Johns and Mike McIntyre. I think that, I think both those guys will be fine uh, with Silverfield. Um, I do. Uh, I mean, I like. The, what they've got offensively, uh, certainly with, with White. Uh, if, if defensively they can, um, with, in McIntyre's first year, if they can come around, uh, it, they've gone, from what I can tell, about half, almost half a dozen seniors defensively. That, I think that's going to help them a good bit. Uh, but Cincinnati's going to be uh, tough, as with UCF. So, uh, look, good Memphis fan, after what you've gone through with uh, Puentes um, and also with Norvell, I, I just frankly think Mitchell, they keep rolling along. Uh, I'm a big non-Power 5 guy uh, and really believe that uh, they deserve all the chances they get. That, that's why I've always believed the playoffs need to be expanded so that um, say a, a UCL a few years ago would have had a shot at the playoffs. Would they have got anywhere? Probably not. But you don't know unless you give them a chance. And I, and I frankly think Memphis is up there too uh, and, and, and the people there need to be proud of them and they need to support them. Talk a little bit about over now jumping over to college football this weekend. Got our first game, FCS opponents, Central Arkansas, which is a local team around here in Memphis. And, of course, you've got Austin P a couple hours to the north up to, towards Nashville. What are you expecting out of this game? And, are, you know, what's your predictions for the game? in the Crampton Bowl and in, in, in Montgomery to kick off at 9 o'clock. I think the, uh, uh, a lot of people will be sitting there and they said, you know, we don't know so well either one of these teams. But <laughs> uh, we, um, uh, we're going to watch it because it's Boston to Arkansas is a, uh, a four-point favorite uh, at this point. That's a pretty good club last year. I mean, they were, what, nine and four? Yeah. It ended up uh, 11th in the top um uh, 25, they got 14 starters, and he actually has 14 starters coming back, seven on each side of the ball, so that gives them a good bit of experience. Jeremiah Oatsball, uh, he was hurt toward the end of the year. Uh, he had a really good year. It's going to be interesting to see if he's fully uh, capable and ready to go. They've got a really good receiver, D'Angelo Wilson, uh, who was uh, one of the offensive players of the year. Um, but, I mean, uh, UCA's got 18 starters coming back. Dylan Smith, I mean, the people will be impressed uh, with him. At this point, I mean, to me, it's almost a flip of the coin uh, this early on. But, look, anytime, anytime you can bring back Mitch that many starters, you've got to have you've got to have a bit of an advantage, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Hey, I want to close with this. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. He is Brent Beard. Tell them where they can find all of your work, and I guarantee you we're going to have you back on the podcast if you want to come on. Well, uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, the delight of 
wanted it to be uh, able to do it. Uh, my first lead, Brent Beard, Beard is B E A I R D. We have all the vowels, Mitch, <laughs> so that helps. Now, one of the good things about Twitter, and what I, what I try to do is I update my Twitter feed several times during the day and the night. So if you're home working um, or at uh, the office and you just want to know kind of what's going on in college football, I mean, yes, it's going to be probably ACC and SEC heavy, but we cover a little bit of everybody, uh, frankly, as far as college football news. Uh, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Um, we did a segment that came out last night on First Coast News for our ABC and NBC stations here uh, and also on Facebook Live, College Sports Today with Terry Norvell. But Mitch, great to be on with you and uh, appreciate the, uh, the listeners up in that area. That is a tremendous football, basketball area uh, where you are and, and just uh, honored and glad to be able to be on today. You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. And also on all the rest of the social media platforms by typing in The Mitch Davis Show. That's Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, everywhere. YouTube, we're everywhere. You can email the show at Show at AOL.com. want to give a very special thank you to our brand new guest, Mr. Brent Beard, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as he provided some of the best college football information that is around. Also, very special shout-out to our sponsors at S.Y. Wilson for their continued support of the Mitch Davis Show. And until next time, sit back and enjoy some college football this weekend as Austin, the Austin Peay Governors will take on the Central Arkansas Bears at 8 o'clock from Montgomery, Alabama. Be sure you tune in. It's going to be on ESPN. And until next time, have a great weekend. Enjoy some college football and have some good food.